Fresher Than Your Father podcast. Hee hee. That was just a little weird, huh? It was, um, it's kind of, kind of Michael Jackson right there. See, I don't even know if I wanted to go Michael Jackson. I just went somewhere. Yeah. But you ended up there. That's where it was. Yeah. Hello, friends. We're back. It's been, has it been a month or a little no. less than a month? It's been like what, three, three weeks? What's, been, what's it been? Yikes. Three weeks, huh? Maybe hey, something like that, right? I'm telling you, man, when, when a kid shows up, your whole time frame is just. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. If it wasn't for the fact that there were people who give me money and expect me to be places at certain times, I would have no idea what day it is. Well, I guess that's true of everybody. I mean, if you didn't have a job, what difference did it make what day it was? Every day is Saturday. Exactly. Go to sleep, wake up, Saturday again. <laughs> Where do you sign up for that? <laughs> it's one of my favorite Black Sheep songs ever. And I love that uh, Grouch made a song out of out of it as well. So, yeah. That's classic. I, yeah. That's classic. Episode well, no. 38. 38. I answered it as you were saying it. You that's be, you know? That's that metaphysical uh spiritual uh, we, we both did our we both did our lessons at the same time. Building. Mhm. Basically knowledge was just born. Knowledge was born. And it cried for a little while and then it went to sleep. Right. Yeah. Rest little knowledge, rest. <laughs> uh, we're back fresher than your father is what I say when I don't have anything to say right there that's our filler yeah speaking of filler right now basketball is pure filler oh my god has it been any worse like I was gonna say the same thing has this, has it ever been this filler even at the end of a season has it been this filler it feels like so many teams are just basically ghost walking. It's like who gives and yeah. I mean, I watched a little bit of the Lakers Spurs game yesterday because it seemed like each of those teams might try a little bit. But mm-hmm. you know, Kobe's coming back from injury; they're a little out of sync, and Andrew Bynum's Andrew Bynum. Um, it, it just it you know my Spurs won, but it wasn't even fun. It was just like word. It's just. I don't know. I don't know, how, and I don't know how it is as a Cavs fan, but I can tell you the Blazers. It's just like uh, I don't know if there's anything more boring than watching those games at this point. Dude, you yawned talking about it. <laughs> like we're not even watching it. You yawned like <clears throat> the thought of the the fact that people will actually watch it. Who who even plays for Portland now? I'm, I'm not asking that to be mean. It just it feels like like what who who even plays for them? Sorry, was that was that a little too hard? <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know, I mean, Lamarcus is gone for the rest of the season. Not that that would have mattered, but right, uh, no one that people care about, basically. You know, no. it's like I don't know if you read that article on Kurt Thomas. Did you see that that article about Kurt Thomas? I um, I did I did not. It was a big write-up. I don't know. I think it was in the um, oh, it was in the weekly. So you probably wouldn't see it. It was in the weekly paper for the for the Portland weekly paper, the Willamette yeah. weekly. Um, yeah. And uh, it was a good. It was a good article. Um, but just kind of how you know he gave up playing like some options with some uh, some kind of playoff-bound teams to go play with Portland because he thought he could be part of a championship or con- or some kind of contender. And then wow. right after he signed, all this shit happens, you know. Wow. Um, and and how he keeps like a straight, you know, positive face throughout all this stuff. But he does say there's a quote from him where he's like, kind of like, you know, I don't really understand why they had to blow up the team right then. Like we could have played out the season, basically. Like people weren't, mm-hmm. like you know, there were issues, but you know, we could have. People still wanted to win. Right. Which makes you think that now that they blew up the team, no one really wants to win. They're just kind of like sitting around. Which I mean, I don't necessarily blame them, but like, uh, it's just it's just depressing. 
Yeah, it's depressing. I mean, I I can't imagine. I, like, because at least the Cavs came in with no hope, mm-hmm. right? Like the Cavs started the season, you know. I was actually thinking earlier today, like the Blazers now feel like the Cavs because the whole discussion about the Blazers now revolves around uh, draft picks, yeah, and offseason changes in uh, coaching. And uh, the front office. And when that's the biggest news about your team is what's happening in the front office, shit ain't good. No, no. So, yeah, it's. Yeah, I spent this whole season just talking about draft picks. I've been reading like the, the draft Raiders like it's a dating site. Was sports always always like this, like like. In the in the eighties or the seventies or whatever, like when you when when you were rooting your t- when your team sucked, did it always like I don't know maybe it did, but like was it always this kind of boring and like like there was very like you you really like you would play whole seasons where there was really no hope. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It it makes total like, sense. I don't like, I don't know. I don't, make- I, I don't get the sense that it did. Like I get the sense that it's much. There's much more like division between the teams that are are contenders and the ones that yeah. aren't, rather than a section of middle teams that are, you know, real like if we if we just win a few more games, we'll make the playoffs and see what happens. Not that they're gonna go necessarily deep, but like right. there might be a race for the playoffs or whatever. And I feel like back in the day there was that, and now I don't I don't get the senses that that middle piece of teams where it's either you're really good. Or you're really bad. Yeah, I I don't know if it's um, it's a good point. Um, I don't know if it's if if it's like uh, well, if you're coughing, I'm coughing. Yeah. Fuck it, we get it. It's out. Yeah. <coughs> I was holding one back so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I I don't I don't know if it's a a free agency thing where once free agency hit, like we were kids, I don't know if free agency was popping like this. Mm-hmm. And it it kind of created the the haves and have nots in such a big way. I also think maybe there's more alternatives, so there's less focus on teams when they're bad. Like there's just so many more things that you could do with your time that you're just not going to waste your time paying attention to a whack team, which adds to the boredom. Like because there's not even like good discussion about bad teams. It used to be when your team sucked, there was a lot of angst and complaining and people, you know, like yeah, it mattered. Now, man, your team is whack. Cats are just like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's been crazy on Facebook because I'm not at home in Cleveland, but I have tons of friends from Cleveland. And since I've been using Facebook, I, I started like towards the end of the LeBron era in Cleveland. And during the LeBron era, there was so much Cavs talk on Facebook. Every game, let's go Cavs, Cavs this, Cavs that. LeBron leaves. There was some little convention about it then. Then nothing. Nothing. There are like three or four people who will post about the Cavs. And that's it. So it just it's so so telltale about what it's like now. I think the interest of fans is very hot cold. And I think that just adds to the boredom when your team is whack. Yeah. Yeah. I don't you know. It's the worst. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, the worst. It's, it's yeah. I think I think for the Portland fans right now, it's really frustrating because we've already gone over this, but just how the hope was really high, and then it yep. just all fell straight down. Um, but so, yeah, but I mean, I, kind of for the Cleveland fans too. I mean, you know, you got you make the finals, you make the playoffs. It's like things are, and then yeah, yeah. Anyway, but. <clears throat> at least well on these things. I know. I know. Well, all right, so that leads into the question of the day, which we we may decide like after like a few minutes like it's too much and you know, screw it. Right? Mhm. Um but our greatest sports disappointments. So as a Cleveland Cavs fan, as a Portland Trail Blazers fan, we each have tons of sports disappointments that we could pull from. But when I threw the question at you, 
What what are some of the sports disappointments that popped in your mind? You're talking about so are we we're taking our teams off the table? Well, I was going to limit it to to or, one per. Okay. Just because, you know, I mean, Cleveland, especially if we take a pass basketball, we could do a whole episode on Cleveland sports disappointments. Mm-hmm. But I thought we'd limit it to one. That's why I just don't want us to get so depressed that, you know, we start wilding out. I mean, you know, like, I'm just going to throw Odin out there and just say it makes me sad. So I'm not going to say any more about that. Yeah. Outside of the Blazers, and obviously Portland only has the one major major league type team. Um, I'm trying to think of other sports disappointments, and I don't really follow until recently even, but, like, I haven't really followed NFL that far back. Way back when I was a kid and collecting baseball cards, I was checking baseball cards. So, I mean, honestly, I wish I had better answers for this. So the NBA is the real place that I've followed for a a while now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say one of my – I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think. Like, I wasn't – sports disappointments. This is how – it's how you frame disappointment, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like on one hand – I was never a huge Vince Carter fan, but that's that's a I, I did like to see him dunk back in the day. I thought he was really good. Oh yeah, I wanted him to be better than Kobe. There was a moment where cats were like, you know, he's 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 gonna be he's gonna be amazing, mm-hmm. and and then he kind of like failed. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened there. It's um, weird. It's like. One minute he was the most popular, most amazing dude, and then all of a sudden he became like the underachieving douche. He's yeah. a weird one. Like I'm not even sure how it happened. I don't either. It's what did just, he do? You know what he? You know what it was? Tell me if I'm wrong here. Mm. It was when <laughs> I think Jordan fucked him up. Really? Was he? Was he already on the downhill slide? When that All Star Game appearance thing with Jordan, remember that? Yeah. Remember when, when Jordan was voted, was it Jordan voted in? One of them was voted in, I think. We should Google this. We should be more prepared before the show. But listeners, basketball nerds will know about these things. Yeah. Vince Carter and Jordan at the All Star Game, and I think he apologized to Jordan. This is like two thousand. Whenever Jordan was making his little comeback, was that 2002? What was that? 01? Oh, wow. I, I, uh, it had to be around 01. Well, no, let's see. This is 03. Jordan accepts Carter's Apology. all-star. Yeah. His starting spot? Yeah. There was this controversy. I feel like I feel like something happened there where like it kind of it fucked him up. Huh. But I might be I might be wrong with my I'm looking at Vince Carter right now on Wikipedia. He led the Raptors to the first three playoff appearances in two thousand four. He was traded to Jersey, helped them lead them to playoff berths. Da 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 da. I don't really remember him in Jersey that well. Um, yeah, didn't they go to some finals with? No, he wasn't on those finals teams, or was nah, he? No, nah, that no, was no. until two thousand four. Right, 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 right. You're right. You're right. That was those were the the Kerry Kittles teams. Kerry <laughs> Kittles, the, the Jason Kidd teams. Yeah, I know. It's just being ridiculous. Kerry's Kittles. Kerry Kittles, man. <laughs> um. I'm not finding it, but there was something about the... Here it is. Hold on. Voted, started in the All-Star game. Okay, this is not good podcast. But listeners, just understand that Jordan did bad things (laughs) after the Bulls. All right? The Bulls situation was beautiful when he wasn't being my... I mean, you know what I'm saying. It wasn't beautiful when it was being our teams, but... Elo, but... right. But the Jordan situation, it, when he right. wasn't, when he wasn't, what did he say about the three pointers in the Portland thing? I was shooting them like free throws, or whatever. 
the amazing, amazing. But when he came back, it was bad. It was very bad. He did bad things. He <laughs> he messed with cats' minds. He mentally, I don't want to use violent terms, but he he mentally assaulted people. I oh, yeah. I believe that Kwame Brown. He crushed that dude. He crushed that dude. That dude would have been, I don't think he would have been, you know, an, necessarily an all-star or anything. Oh, no, But no, I no. think he would have been a decent player in the league. But mentally, yeah. Jordan fucked him up. Yeah, no question. No question. Yeah. And I think to some degree, I'm just going to throw it out there. I might be totally off base. But I feel like this all-star thing with Jordan fucked Carter up. During the 2003 NBA All-Star Game, Carter gave up his starting All-Star spot to Washington Wizards' Michael Jordan to allow Jordan to make his final start as an All-Star. During his Raptors tenure, news came out and revealed that Carter developed a disease in his jumper's knee which drew criticism and questions from local media. Huh, I I didn't know about that. But I think that there was some kind of thing where he went over to Jordan and like apologized it was during the game. There's something there. I just feel like Jordan messed with his mind, and then it was over. That's crazy. I'm just gonna. I'm just. That's my wild conspiratorial hypothesis that Jordan, post Bulls, he, yeah, he, he's just done evil things. Oh yeah, and, and wore really ridiculous sweater vests. Yeah. <laughs> his his wardrobe is heinous. It's fucking insane. Okay, I went off on Jordan there. That really didn't answer your question. It did but, not. But but I, well, I'll tell you. One of the things that that spawned the question was, like the career of Grant Hill. What's been more disappointing than the career of Grant Hill? Mm-hmm. Besides, perhaps. The career of Muggsy Bolt. No, seriously though, like I mean, he was hurt. He was supposed to dominate the league, and then you see him play now. He's obviously an extremely intelligent basketball player. Really seems like a good dude, and really competitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got enough money. He's got an attractive wife. You know, he would be good on TV. He's still playing ball. Still I mean, playing it's ball. Amazing that he's still playing ball. And but, really effective. Yeah. But that dude was. I mean, I remember the. I remember him on the Pistons. There was no one else on the Pistons. No. I could. He would take the Pistons. He took the Pistons to the playoffs a couple of times by himself. Was Theo Ratliff playing with him on the? Maybe. I'm trying to think of random dudes. Random. He played with. Uh, he played with. Uh, what's the guy's name? Dumars. Did he play with Dumars for a while? Really? Maybe. Grant Hill's not young. He's not young. (laughs) (laughs) But he's not as old as Kurt Thomas. No. Let's see. We're going to go 1998. He was in the league by then, right? 1998 roster. I tell you what, one of the biggest sports disappointments is going to be this podcast we keep going at this rate. (laughs) Yo, okay, look. If we're going to go Grant Hill, let's just throw out there. What about McGrady, Tracy McGrady? Oh, I saw yeah. a dude at the at the laundromat today with the McGrady Knicks jersey. Wow. And I was like, what? Uh, whoa, yeah, that did happen. Wow, I forgot all about that. Right? Wow. Distant cousin of Vince Carter. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Yo, straight up, Grant Hill played on a team with Bison Daly. Oh, Bison Daly. We're talking about classic... Judd Bushler. Who is Judd? Sounds like someone I went to, went to middle school with. Oh, yeah. Eric Montross. Oh, Eric Remember Montross. <laughs> these wow. dudes. These dudes. Christian Leitner was in full effect on that team. Bison, Daly, and fucking Eric Montross. On the same team. And Jerome Williams. Remember him? Wasn't that Junkyard Dog? Wasn't that that dude? I feel like, yo, I feel like Grant Hill played with your boy. Um, oh, he played on like 20 teams. What's his name? He came up in the podcast earlier. 
You put yeah. on so many teams, you fucking, you lived in a hotel. Oh, uh, Chris Gatling. Chris Gatling. I'm positive he did. He had to. If you play with Bison Dealey and Eric Montross, we're talking about Chris Gatling. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is so classic, man. Looking back at these old teams. I feel like ultimately the most interesting NBA thing to talk about on podcasts is obscure players and and classic teams. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Like I'm I'm really enjoying looking back at these old late nineties, early aughts Detroit Piston lineups. What's wrong with us? Why do I care about this? I tell you what though, he played with John John Crotty. John Crotty. <laughs> Terry Mills. Did you ever think Vinny, Vinny Del Negro would turn out to be like a coach? Like a, a have multiple years as a head coach of a team? Dude, I I only knew of Vinny Del Negro because of my bizarre Spurs obsession. Right. Because he played for the Spurs. Mm-hmm. I only knew of Vinny Del Negro because he played for the Spurs and they played the Blazers in like a bunch of playoffs in the early 90s. Right. And then, of course, I was always interested in the fact that there was a dude who had Negro or Negro in his name and he wasn't a black, black dude. But you couldn't have a dude roll around like it was a black dude and his name was Negro. Like that really couldn't go <laughs> down. But still, I was, was kind of curious. And, uh, yeah. It is a pretty out name. I mean, Vinny, Vinny the Black, right? That's what yep. it translates to? That's what it translates to. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And he kind of sucks as a coach. He does. He I don't, sucks. It's, That's what I don't understand, right? Like, he was this kind of role player dude, right, for like old school Spurs teams that would make the yep. playoffs but never win the champ, would never get to the championship. Right. And he'd run around and he was that guy. He was, was one of those guys. And one then, of those guys. And then... He must have retired by the mid '90s, right? Mm-hmm. And that so sounds then, about right. Then there's this period of, I mean, to me at least, there's a period where we've forgotten about Vinny Del Negro. Oh he, yeah. The blip on the radar is gone. He's 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 off. He's either dealing with family. He's on the farm. You know, like he might be world traveling. He might be in New Zealand. You know, like hanging out with some lambs and sheep. We right. don't know, but we don't really care. You know what I mean? We're like, that was just another dude. That was just, you know, you know, like n- we aren't really thinking about Eric Montross until today. Right. We weren't thinking. This is like you looking up those teams. And, oh, Vinny Del Negro, that guy. That guy. But somehow that guy ended up, boom, head coach. Where you who know pulled him out of the of of the the void. You know what? Let's let's be honest here. We're secure in our manhood. We can say these things. He's a nice-looking guy, right? Okay, yeah. Charismatic dude, probably. Yeah. I don't know what country he's from. He's from some country where they use Dell's in your name, right? That's true. Dell. The. So, right. So Ian, Ian Dell head. Ian the head. <laughs> <laughs> that was my uh, if you don't If you don't make a song, call it Ian Dell head. That's your job. I'm sorry. Okay, go on. I'm sorry. So, it was classic. <laughs> so anyway, he's from some country where they have a cool accent and people do fresh things, right? And then you show up from countries like that. It's like Ricky Rubio. He's from Spain. They do fresh things in Spain. Rubio, right? Nice looking kid. He sh- shows up. Hey, I'm Ricky. Everybody's happy. Ricky's here. Everybody's happy. Vinny's. Vinny's here. Vinny. Looks good. Yeah. Vinny brought something you wanted to eat. He told a story that you wanted to hear. He's a leader of men. He probably is a shitty coach. He is a shitty coach. Who are we kidding? He's a leader of men. And then the owner, especially these little knucklehead owners. It's true. Little knucklehead GMs. Like the Bulls. The dude's a bonehead a little bit. Oh, Vinny, come on. You coach my team. Coach my team, Vinny. Or is there just like a, like one of those lottery ball machines in David Stern's office somewhere, like or uh-huh. in one of these NBA offices that has the names of all the obscure role players from the last twenty years on little ping pong balls. And I when think- they when they need to pull out, hey yo, uh, <laughs> uh, some kind of coach or some kind of you know someone to insert into these front office situations, and they aren't sure who. Right. You know, oh, we'll just go to the machine. What right. obscure cat, you know, can we plug in here? Vinny Del Negro, 
who was that dude who was like announcing for a while who was like a part-time center on like bad Clippers teams and suddenly he was like in the booth oh. with with Kenny Smith you know what I mean is that Matt Geiger no but Matt I would love to see Matt Geiger because Matt Geiger was the guy who like punched Shaq in, in like the eye or some shit oh yeah that would have been yeah. a little more interesting but this is a uh, he was a douche so we don't need yeah. Tom Tolbert Tom Tolbert. Thank you. I couldn't think of his name. Tom Tolbert. So these, I, I just feel like, where are they getting these guys? There must be some kind of, did they do extra favors back? Like, what, what happened here? Where, or is it just that, I guess there has to be some kind of in-between thing. You know, I'm, I'm oh, not yeah. making any sense. But like, obviously, no, no, like, no, no, no. the stars can't cut it in the front office for the most part or in the coaching positions. You know, we, we, we've seen what Jordan has done. We've seen what Isaiah Thomas tried to do. Right. Bird tried. He wasn't great. And he said, all right, I'm not doing this. Magic instantly knew I'm not doing this, you know. Right. Um, and, like, those were good decisions. But then we don't need to go all the way. I mean, I know Tom Tolbert wasn't a coach, but, like, we don't need to go all the way to Tom Tolbert. Tom Tolbert never did anything to make you say, oh, yeah, Tom Tolbert. But see, this is what's going to be fun, though. Like, we're, we're going to start having to figure out who's going to be the next generation of coaches, right? Mm-hmm. Who's, who's, come, who's next? Right? Catino Mobley? <laughs> I don't know. Isn't... Yeah, well, no. But, but see, see, you got, you got Damon Stoudemire. I think he's like an assistant coach. He's been an assistant coach. Oh, yeah. Before. Yeah, yeah, Damon, yeah, yeah, but Damon was a rookie of the year, you know. And I mean, I, I'm biased, you know, from Portland and shit. But like, sure. but he was a good player. He wasn't a great player, but he was a good player. Right. So I feel like those do make some interesting, possibly good coaches. Yeah, but but the, right. the obscure, ca- the Vinny Del Negros. Yeah. So are you thinking like a a Scott Pollard type? Scott Pollard, Lawrence Funderburk. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Scott Pollard, who uh, Doug Christie, yo yo, Rick yo. Fox, yo yo, you know what I mean? You know, he, well, you know, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right, but like, this is so much fun to me. I'm such. A, this is ridiculous, and I don't understand why I enjoy this so much. Listeners, like, are you still listening? They're not listening. They could, this is just for us now. <laughs> <clears throat> like uh, when when uh, when Ron Mercer shows up. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect right there. Ron Mercer. I'm but I'm ready. Coach. I'm ready. Is, is Mario Ellie doing any coaching? Has he already has he already gotten the, the coaching I, position? See, he seems like he should be. I, I, I yeah, I feel like he should be a coach. Because some people though they shouldn't be coaching. I, I don't know if you want Marcus Pfizer coaching your team. Man. Todd McCullough. That's who you want. That's who you want. Quick side note that I don't I don't know if this is right or not. I don't know if this is how it should work. So what I've been doing is like randomly scrolling through teams and then clicking in years when they didn't make the playoffs, so they had a lot of team dudes that kind of suck. <laughs> so I'm looking now at this is totally for us. Nobody's listening to this. Two thousand one, two thousand two Bulls. <laughs> Fred Hoiberg was was, was uh, the, uh, the mayor. Oh yeah, Trenton Hassel was catching minutes. Trenton Hassel, <laughs> but they they've changed Ron Artest's name to Meta World Peace on the 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 roster. That shouldn't work like that, should it? That's interesting. Well, are they are they changing other people's names from back in the day? I don't know. Are they, you look at the roster back in whenever uh, Kareem started playing. Is it different? Let's see. Let's see. We can do that on here. It's getting it's, real nerdy right now. It's we're 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 all out on the nerd stuff. Let's see. Let's let's click on uh his second year. Yep. Kareem Abdul Jabbar. He was still Lou Alcindor back then, his rookie year, right? He was smooth Lou. Mm-hmm. Smooth Lou Alcindor. Did I ever tell you about um this is very random. I tell you about how I went to undergraduate with this with this dude who uh 
you know, I was what? How old was I in undergrad? Like twenty one or what? Twenty whatever. Mm-hmm. This dude came in as a transfer, um, and he was thirty four. But he'd hang out with all the underclassmen, and we'd be watching yeah. basketball, and he'd be like, "Remember when Dominique was in college?" <laughs> <laughs> Where did Dominique even go to college? Did he go to college or did he come from high school? I might be wrong. I'm sure he did. Did he go to the University of Georgia? He might have. He's just thinking about like those old school like teams I know nothing about. But I just oh, remember yeah. watching these games in the late 90s, and this cat Eric would be like, you know, remember when Magic was a rookie? And we'd be like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. Nobody does, sir. It's like, remember that commercial with Michael Jackson's hair caught on fire? That I do remember. That, I actually, I'm, I think I'm, a, I'm slightly too young for that one. Holy cow. I do remember that. And I, well, I don't know if I remember his rookie season, but I, I sure do. And I'm sad to admit that I was right. He, Dominic did go to the University of Georgia. Why do I know this? Because we nerded out. We did nerd As out. As evidence of the last 15 minutes, we've been nerding out on this shit for a while. My recall of really obscure role players isn't quite as nice as I'd like it to be, <laughs> but I was able to recall Tom Tolbert. Which is classic. Which I sh- it's, it's classic in the sense that it's funny, but in the sense that Tom Tolbert is even in my brain somewhere floating around. But he was a TV dude. He was. He was a TV dude that said really stupid things. Yeah. Yeah. He's a TV. So that, that, you should cut yourself some slack for that. That's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it goes, man. So it goes these basketballs, man. These basketball style. Bouncing around. So today, the day we're recording this, today is, uh, National Record Store Day. It is. It's a special day. How long has this been going on? National Record Store Day? Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. I have no idea. I mean, then I, to be honest with you, part of me, I'm like, ah, what difference does it make? Right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't go out to the record store today. I went to the record store yesterday. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, you should, every you should day is National Record Store Day. Oh, yeah. They were like, oh, you should come back tomorrow. I'm like, no, there'll be a lot of people here tomorrow, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the day I don't come. <laughs> exactly. I come on the day when there's no one here and I can dig in peace. I don't have to bump people's elbows or listen to ridiculous conversations about records that aren't that good. Yeah. But at the same time, it get recognized records, still recognized, record store day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it, it's cool because it gets people fired up. And then there's all these exclusives, which, you know, some of them are fresh. Some of them not so fresh. At least they're not so interesting to me. I'm sure people are fired up about them. But, you know, some of them I'm like, eh, whatever. I'm not standing in line. I'm not going to talk to hipsters unnecessarily. No. Just for the sake of it. But since it is National Record Store Day, let's talk about these records for a second. Yep. So, I went out to the the hipster flea market this morning. Right up. Check for these records. I was like, you know, it's a sunny day. I'm gonna go over there. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go check for some cats. I shout out my man Alex Stimmel. Shout out. Selling some records, keeping it. Uh, he's keeping it kind of kind of rugged, which is nice. I appreciate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He had. Uh, he had a couple of nice pieces, a little, little pricey, but, you know, that's what it is. Joe Farrell, Upon This Rock. Oh, that's classic. There it is, but, you know, I could use a double, but not for 25 Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I had a double, but I gave it to Kinetic. Shout out. Shout out. You know, got to pass on the um, the flavors yep. to your yep. people. Yep. But um, I did cop a nice Les McCann. Um, oh, word. And, talk to the people. Well, talk to the people was nice. I already had had that one, but this one called that that the graphic on that link was wrong. But anyway, oh, this one called McKenna. McKenna. I don't know if I'm hit to that. 
Yeah. It's nice. It's nice. A lot of the get, get, get real nerdy for a second. Left McCann on um on Pacific Jazz in the early seventies. Some nice some nice uh, trio jazz stuff. Kind of fun. Les McCann Limited stuff? Yeah. Or this is after that. Or that Some stuff. of that, but it's, it's, it's him and a couple of different, like, this is a, this, Paul Humphreys playing drums. It's nice. Or these nerd outs on these records. Yeah, these nerd outs on these records. So then I go over to this other cat. So that, that's my dude, Alex. Shout out. He's out there. Let me know. I, I kind of, I knew he'd be out there on the little email list. So I was like, all right, go check my man. I haven't seen him in a minute. He supports the mixtapes. I'm going to go support his records. That's you know what I mean? Uh, yep. It's all good. But then you know you're out there. And there's like these hipsters. They're like selling pickles. You know what I mean? They're out there with these little doodads. <laughs> these little these little dress styles. Wait, 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 wait. Are they literally selling pickles? They're selling pickles, man. Flavored pickles. <laughs> I got the pickle stand. You know, I'm over here with like, I got like 25. And I'm a pick. I'm, I'm, I'm down with pickles. But right. like, I'm not really paying extra money for your special pickles. <laughs> hey, yo. You know what I mean? I'm gonna go. You know, I, hipsters are out there. Um, you know, like I, I dip these um these rags in these in this colored water, and now you can buy this dress and things. You know, no, 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 no. But I'm over. I'm over. There's a little crate. There's some woman selling some like um I don't know some of these like weird clothing styles. I'm not really checking for, but there's a crate of records behind the clothing styles. Mm. So I'm like looking through it. And this dude comes over, and I've checked him before. He's this hipster cat. And he's like, I got a thousand records. I got a thousand records, man. <laughs> Word. It's always real intense. Word. I mean, are the hipsters always this intense? I promise I wouldn't go in on these hipsters again this time. But, like, what's up with these, like, intense, like, you didn't need to really come at me that, that strong. You know what I mean? Uh. No, not that specific. Yeah, I got a thousand records. I'm, I'm about to set them up right here. All right, dude, that's cool. You know. Yep. All right. Yep. I'm looking at this crate right here. Then homegirl's there, and she's like, she's like, oh, she's like, um, they were looking for you. And he says, yeah, they're looking for him or me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's you know it's one of those moments you had that opening I could have been like they were looking for me son <laughs> they know about they know I'm out here for these records <laughs> wherever uh, they are and, but no I was like yo dude they're looking for you <laughs> you should have been like you should have been like they're looking for Dell Head <laughs> I need that. I need the, the jersey, Dell Head. <laughs> Dell Head. Hey, yo. Yo. <laughs> so, they were looking for him. Cats are looking for him. And he's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, I was over there with my thousand, I got a thousand records. I'm, I'm going to set them up right here. Like, I, I need like three tables. <laughs> so, I was like, this is way too intense. So, right. I, I bounce. But, you know, in the back of my mind, because I'm a fiend, I'm like, all right. He says he has a thousand records. I'm gonna walk around the block and I'm gonna come back and check him out. You gotta look at the records. Yeah, why not? Right. So I walk around, you know, just a little like catch a selling, you know, some of those fake donuts and more pickles. Oh. And um, cats have the whack record. What about the cats? I'm really going off on this flea market, but it's record store day. What about the cat who has a little stack and it's like very like clean like kind of newish looking joints like a couple prince joints couple michael jackson you know what i mean and so you you thumb through him like oh maybe there's something in here but and then he comes over and oh uh those are 10 each no 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 you thought that was a slick move you thought you were filling me in he's catching the newbies you pushing me out. Hey yo. So That was that was the most out of control. Hey yo. Like suddenly out of control. Like
<laughs> like everything that Heyo suggested was so far out of control. <laughs> Oh, man. Shout out, Stretcher Bob. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow, shout out. Yeah, shout out, Bob. <coughs> mm. So I continue my little walk around the spot, and lo and behold, there's this cat. He's kind of hidden away. He's selling some, some obscure, like, jewelry-type trinkets. Kind of this bohemian cat. But then he has some kind of heavy pieces. He has, like, four crates full of heavy pieces. This is going to lead me to a different discussion. Record store day. Remember, fresher than you find a podcast. Record store day discussion. That's how the the little subheader would read if this was in like a, a on a web page, but it's not. Or if it was PTI. Exactly. Would on it would flash. It would flash up on the screen. You know what I mean? Little graphical things, but no, this is raw and rugged. It's just you, me, and Dave kicking it on iTunes. So anyway. I'm looking through his pieces. He has some nice, some class, some, you know, original, original jazz, first press jazz, Blue Mitchell, Art Blakey with the crazy, like, classic blue note cover art, but kind of beat up. Yep. And then he has John Coltrane, Lush Life, original press, with the original artwork and shit. Wow. My, Lush Life happens to be, like, the first Coltrane album I ever bought, and I really love that album. And I actually bought, it, I bought like the second pressing, like the 70s pressing, just to get real nerded out. Mm-hmm. With it, the the cover photo, kind of purple photo thing is the same, but mm-hmm. the the font is completely different. There's like a very straight ahead kind of uh, typeface. It lists out the players on the album. It's much. It's 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 not as simple as the kind of lush life, which is just the title on the on the on the front of the album on the original. Right. So I don't own that. <clears throat> So he has it for thirty, and I'm I'm holding it. I'm looking at it, and this is the thing. And and admittedly, look, I'm in a position right now where, on the occasion, you know, I can pay thirty for a record. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna get this record. I love this record. It's an original press. I'm the collector side. I'm gonna have it original. Right. And. I know exactly where I'm gonna frame the frame the cover because I love the cover. Word up. Put it on my wall. It's now it's now up on my wall. Word up. Um, so I feel I feel good about buying it, but it's one of those things where as as I've gotten a little older, and admittedly, you know, like I have a, a steady gig, like you know, I'm lucky to have that, have a little extra cash to spend on these things, but like, you know, I still feel. Part of me is like, man, I spent fucking $30 on a record. The dollar bin thing stays with me. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're so, you're so, it's so woven into your whole, your whole approach to the crates. It's just, it's just like, I feel good about it for the most part, but it's legitimizing. How do you legitimize that, that, those extra, extra money above, like, you know, I feel like we've gone here before, but it's just that trying to figure out, how to legitimize spending more than say you know twelve or fifteen dollars on a record? You have to oh, start yeah. weighing all the factors. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's it's tough. I mean, well, every record has the the cost benefit analysis going on. Yeah, you know, and sometimes it's it like so. I I bought a record yesterday. Um. And it's a record that I don't actually this happened twice recently where there are records that I don't necessarily think are good. Now, the one record I bought more because somebody sampled it and I kind of wanted to have it because apparently it's very sampleable. And but the record sucked and that was four bucks. Uh huh. So yesterday I bought a record that kind of had sentimental value. It was sealed. Probably not a record I'll see around much. For eight dollars, and I'm sure there's joints on it. It's the Yohimbe Brothers record. Okay, you remember that joint? Vernon Reed, DJ Logic. Okay, yeah. Front end lifter. Mm-hmm. Fresh cover, really mm-hmm. weird record. 
And, it, you know, I, I saw it and I was like, eh, yeah, that, it had a couple joints, but it was a weird record. But I kept thinking about it. Like, it would be nice to have the Yohimbe. I, I couldn't even tell you why it would be nice, but I did it. I bought it. It was eight bucks. But I'm sure, you know, like eight dollars, like if that Lush Life was eight bucks, you wouldn't have batted an eye. No. It's just one of those things, man. One of those things. But I feel I, I was like, you know, when when am I going to see this again with the covers in this good shape? Yep. Original press. Yep. And um. And yeah, you know, and I'm I'm directly supporting like a cat, even if he, even maybe if he was a little hipster, but he's a, he's like a cat. He's not like a corporation. He's not like a big yep. store. He's just out here with his records. Yeah. So, you know, that's cool. It was cool. That is cool. Speaking like so, in the past, I've run on the record store around the way, but like over time, like they've become like the staff has gotten real cool, people are real cool, and then there's the way they approach the music. It went from like kind of feeling a little elitist, snobbish, to you like that joint? I make sure I let you know when there's other joints like that. Word or oh yeah, that record we don't have it. I'll make sure I get it, and I'll call you when we get it in. Or, oh yeah, that record that you wanted, it's right over here. I set it aside for you. I was just about to call you. That's nice. Right? That's how it's supposed to be. And then, of course, that's the spot. They had DJ Center's record. Shout out. Shout out. Cop that joint on vinyl with the instrumentals. So, just a cool spot. And so, what happened was, the homie Mike Dando, shout out, was on Facebook, posted, got a record player for his birthday, and he posted the question, if you were going to start a record collection from scratch, what would you buy? What should you start with? So, of course, I told him that's a ridiculous question. You can't answer that. And we should go shopping for records. And he was like, but you have to admit, it's completely fun to think about. He was absolutely right. So we went shopping for these records. <clears throat> but the whole time we're in there, I'm like, what the hell is a dude supposed to buy? Now, at the, at the shop, strictly this shout out, the whole basement is the used joint. And that's where you really, that's where you get your dig on. Or that's where the magic happens, Ian. But because it's record store day to day, they had the basement closed off because they were doing all their inner workings, brain center, organizing techniques mm -hmm. for record store day. So we couldn't go down there. So we stuck to the stuff up on the top floor, which is usually the higher priced. Still came out with some joints. Word. He paid for some new stuff, which is major. How do you feel? Felt good. He felt good. He got some joints that he personally was just happy to have. So he copped Midnight Marauders. Okay. New. Copped Illmatic. New. Uh -huh. Copped some other joints. I don't want to. I don't want to be too specific about just in case he and his, you know. Or call out any any decisions he made, you know. C certain things keep, you know. These things, these things that happen. But in any event, let's say somebody came to you with that question, Ian. How would you tell the homie to start their record collection? I feel like cats have come to me with with not with the that beginning question, but like places to check for. Mm -hmm. Um. Obviously, I think the number one thing is what kind of music are they listening to, right? Yep. yep. And then you just go in, and you, you, I think you hit... I personally think that it depends. If you're into the new stuff, you got get to go get the new stuff. But I feel like most of us aren't rolling real heavy on the dollars, right. on the cash flow. So right. it's nice to hit those used bins and those dollar bins, even for some of the semi-new stuff. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? The oh yeah, pro the promo twelve inches. I mean, it's a different game now than it was, you know, ten, fifteen years ago. But no question. Uh, 
but you know the promo bins on the on the hip hop and shit. Mm-hmm. The the used seven inch bins if you're into the hardcore punk seven inches the indie stuff mm-hmm. the you know like that's not gonna solve all give all the answers but and then for the the old classics you can just hit the dollar bins and shit like that right my question to you not to switch the game up totally mm-hmm. can you remember the first like say three to five records you ever bought or you had wow. that were yours. <clears throat> that I bought. That you bought. You went out and were like, yo, I'm getting these records. Wow. Um, there's a few that stand out. I remember going to get the the tape of the system. Remember the system? Mm-hmm. They had that joint, Don't Disturb This Groove. Mm-hmm. I remember going to buy that tape. But on vinyl. On vinyl. Hmm. This stuff, I remember, like, so the the first music I had was all on vinyl. Okay. But I don't remember buying those. So we had joints like New Edition, um, some of the breakdancing records. So I feel like, those. you know, like, what about, like, when you went out by yourself and were like, yo, I'm about to get up, get into these records. I'm going to get the, I'm going to get I'm my. Gonna get serious about I'm going to get serious about this, this digging these records. You know, I might have had a couple of joints from back in the day. I might have a couple of joints that maybe I cop from my parents' collection. Yeah. But, but I'm gonna go to the store and get some records. What were you? What were you trying to? You know what? Remember? Man, gosh, what a great question. I I don't. I mean, <clears throat> so I'm trying to think about when I started. Well, no, no. Okay, so by by the time I was like, all right, I'm gonna start really messing with this vinyl, and I grabbed my dad's turntable. That he had, I kind of was on my mission because I had been rolling with Remix. Shout out. Shout out. He kind of taught me what was up with the crates, how to approach. He taught me things like, you know, always copy your Purdy. You see Bernard Purdy cop that. My Zell brothers, if they produce it, cop that. So I was already, and then I had my own personal taste for jazz fusion. So I think that was the stuff I was kind of looking for. Um, and then, you know, you always cop things like Stevie Wonder. I can't remember specific pieces, though, check, which check, is kind of crazy. Check the little knowledge he was dropping on the Mizell brothers, you know. Those are the kinds of things that we could tell cats. Cats could tell other cats. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But wow. see, but see, the, the key is, though, well, you know, he did say, like, he, you know, he pulled certain joints. Like, you know, he, he pulled the McCartney first album, the Mama Miss America track, like it's a sick little break here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you see that, cop that. It's cool. a cool break, right? Or, you know, I remember he, he had made a beat or did he just play the, the Regions, the joint by Blackbirds? Mm-hmm. So joints like that, he would just play. So it was more like he gave you joints, but he also was like, "Okay, when it's time for you to search for the records, these are these are just little shorthand cuts, you know, little shortcuts for you, little shorthand to start identifying heat without knowing what a record is." But it comes down to you know what's your like it's your journey, and you kind of have to just go and dive into the records and what cover because you know the homie might put up a record was like, "Man, this cover is great." I like this cover. Like, that's what's up. Check it. Check for it. It's like, ah, you know, it's kind of weird. Like, nah, it's, that's digging, man. Sometimes the cover speaks to you. You get burned. Sometimes the speak, cover speaks to you. You find some heat that you never would have thought of. Yep. So you just, you just go for it. But do you remember joints you, you bought when you first decided, all right, I'm going to start buying wax. I'm buying records. First record I had was my cousin bought Beastie Boys Check Your Head for Me. And that stayed sealed for about five or six years. Well, is it still no? It's not sealed anymore, but I haven't really played it. Right. Um, I had self-titled buy me two records back in the day and send them to me because I couldn't get them in Portland. Right. Smooth the hustler, and uh, in Camp Low, the first non-hip hop joint. I went to A One in like '96. My friend had told me that there's this record by this group called Ohio Players, which actually, no, I knew about the Ohio Players because my cousin had one of their later later records. Mm-hmm. But 
um, my friend was like, yo, there's this song called Funky Worm, and it's crazy. Right. Right, right, right. And so I went to A1 in, like, 96, and I went to the Ohio Players section, and boom, there it was, Pleasure, the LP, and I paid, I think, 15 15 for it, and that was it, boom. boom. That was the first record. From there, I don't even remember. I just remember going to the Everyday Music with my man Alex, shout out, uh, in the summertime or whenever I was home and getting the, um, just get it going through the 50 cent bins. Yeah. And just stacking on knowledge. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yep. Because there's, there's so many, like if you're just a music head, there's just so much music that you'll, you'll check for for all different kinds of reasons right and then if you're even thinking about making beats at some point that's a whole other like there's records you listen to there's records you want to sample there's records that like you dug as a kid you want to mess with Mm -hmm. records that you've never heard of seen you know what i mean like it's just it's such a all over the just all over I, I, mean, I think I, I just feel like the dollar bin type style is the best way to go if you're going to start your collection. That's oh yeah, the, that's the beauty is that it's cheap. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. No other, no other thing is that it's that cheap to get that much music. No, it's no. that it, it turns out to be heavy after a while, but it's cheap. Yep, it's very heavy. Hey, very heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually thinking today, like I, I should send the homie, I should send the homie to to half price books. Um, and because you know half price books they got the records but like they have like shelves at least here in Madison shelves of like dollar joints Word. and there's like really respectable little records like chill records down there for a buck and actually I came out with uh, I came out with a 12 inch that I, I had misplaced and I really wanted another copy of and I found it in the dollar bin that's, that's what's cool. up that's F- what's up Fool's Paradise, Melissa Morgan, 12-inch. Word. Had that joint, lost that joint. The dollar bin. Dollar bin wins again. Wins again. So, nice remembrances on Record Store Day. Hopefully Cats got out and got after some records today, man. Just for just for dough for the people who sell records, I want them to stay around for when I want to buy records on days when everybody isn't there. Exactly. You know, keep the homies in business. Keep the homies in business. Keep the crates moving, fresh. Cycling. Yep. Yep. Cycling. Because a lot of these people, they're going to get in on the records and then they're going to have to move somewhere and they're going to realize that the 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 records are the heaviest thing they own. It's true. And they're going to say, eh. Right. I'm going to leave these records here. Right. And we're going to say, yeah, you know, here's my phone number. Here's my address. You can, Come leave, get- you can leave them over here. Right. Or they'll fall through the record store with, uh, say, <laughs> what can I get for these cash? Yep. Yeah. And we'll come see about those. Yeah, we'll come see what you dropped off, friends. I'll I'll be I'll be at your house at six thirty in the morning. Cash in hand. Yeah. It got late, and I feel like I feel like the energy got low. It did get low. It did get low. I'm sitting here though, contemplating on these crates. It got real deep. Got deep on these records, man. My life really revolves a lot around records. Yeah, man. <laughs> I know that's a good thing or a bad thing, but there's a lot of good music. You know what I mean? Shout out DJ Center. Shout out. Just came back from Brazil with about a hundred records. He was playing a couple, a couple of them for me uh, tonight. Wow. Some crazy pieces, man. It just makes you think about how much music has been recorded over the years, how many records there are out there, like. We were talking, we were having a conversation about spending money on records, which is kind of what I was getting at before. Because at a certain point, you get into the game, and especially, you know, like, especially I think we were mentioning the New York side of the game, cats are real, 
there's some egos around these records and cats are real, you know, they, they want to up the ante. Oh, I right. got that. I got that obscure European soundtrack. You know, you want that $400. Oh, I got that reggae, you know, those reggae 45s. They're 50 bucks each. That kind of shit. You know right. what I mean? Right. And, and some of them are heavy and some of the music is really incredible. Some of them kind of whatever, but the ones that are heavy and really incredible, like, are they really worth that much money, you know? And, or even, are they worth that much money to you? Like, yeah. Yep. And is it, you know, is it worth that much money because it's rare or because the music is that good or, you know, what is it, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, are you, you know, and there's this spot, there's this Brazilian record store in New York, Tropicalia, which evidently, if you're into the Brazilian sound, has some really happy, really, Excuse me, heavy pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, you go in there and there's like a hundred dollar piece in the wall. Like, I think it's pretty ridiculous. But if you're a music lover and you're, you know, this shit comes from the other side, you know, another part of the world. When are you gonna, you know, check for this music again? Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Some of it's gonna be on MP3 now, but some of it isn't. Yeah. And then, like, if you're somebody like Center who spins out a lot, yeah, is it is there a potential for a return on that investment? Yeah, are you are you going to drop that joint at a set and people will go, okay, Center plays that ill, obscure shit I never heard of. That funky as shit. I'm gonna Amazing. Go buy, I'm gonna go buy his album. I'm gonna go check him out the next time he comes to town, etc. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And clubs are like, we we got to get Center in, yeah, because he does. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. If it's that type of return on investment, then it's it, it's less. But if, like, you know, for me, I'm not spinning out. I'm not making beats. So everything I would cop is just for me. Yeah. You know, and there's, you know, I, I do cop with a mind to spend at some point. And, you know, while, I, while I'm still young enough to have some sense of what I think is ill, I'd love to make a beat or two. But even still, every dollar I put into records is really just for playing around the crib yeah i mean i guess the thing the thing outside of just that one record of those two records is there's a lot of heavy pieces right oh my not to get super super you know meta on this shit but it's like it's like being able to set aside the shit we talked about this a little before like there's probably incredible pieces in all the different continents around the world you know what i mean like that we have no idea it was even recorded, but we might learn about it and be like, oh shit, you know? And then you go to eBay and it's like, oh yeah, $500 for that record. You know what I mean? Right. And um, you just gotta, you gotta let it go. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a lot of money, cause like, at the same time, even if you're DJ Center, I mean, hopefully DJ Center is gonna have I don't want to talk about my man like like that, but like hopefully cats are gonna have, you know they're gonna be they're doing the thing they're hustling they're getting these these the, these musics, but like you know at a certain point you can't you can't have everything it's every single piece of music you know what I mean like yeah. and you gotta remember the good music you already have is basically my point yeah for sure very kind of corny cliche way to end that rant but. It's true. I mean, we buy so much music so fast. At a certain point, you do have jewels in your crates that you don't know about. Yeah. And it's like uh, at at the homie Kinetic spot. Shout out. Shout out. He's got so many records on the backside of his basement. Like just boxes and boxes. He just sat back there to create space. They're like. If he's over there making beats, he doesn't really have to go digging. He just go in the backside of the basement. Word. There's so many joints over there that we just don't even know about. And you know, I was over there with uh, some of the KL cats. Shout out. Shout all out. kind of shout outs. And uh, they were over there making beats, just fall through to the backside of the basement, grabbing a stack of wax. With, Word. You know, making That's joints. Cool. So yeah, yeah. Because we buy records, we got heat. Yeah. Sometimes you forget. It's, just, it's out here and it's out there. So friends, copy your music, but listen to the music you have. That's the lesson. 
That's the knowledge right there. Yep. 360 degrees. Boom. 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 Knowledge was born. It was nursed. It grew. Now it's fucking with a pacifier. Yeah. It's doing its thing. It's a living animal. Beast. Yeah. Yetis. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I've gone at this point, but I'm not sure either. I'm glad we brought animals in at some point. I believe uh, we've inserted some kind of um, beast type thing into most podcasts. So just you thought we weren't going to bring that in, but we brought it back. It's always coming back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Friends, I hope you've listened to this whole podcast, but I understand if you didn't. Yeah, there were there were a couple of uh, exit ramps for several several listeners. I'm sure a few of them took those uh, exit ramps. You those know. who stayed with us, you were you were rewarded. Yeah. If you if you have my email address, you can email me and uh, maybe I'll send you a prize. <laughs> Word up! All right, Fresh Than Your Father podcast number thirty eight coming to a close you know, we never we never discussed whether 38 is a powerful number or not I think it's a cool number yeah I'm not sure if it's quite powerful I don't know it's too late know. it's too late in the game to really think about because it it's over it's done it's done yeah. yeah I'll be 38 this year so hopefully it will be powerful well, I think it's, that's, it makes it powerful maybe <laughs> got a lot of confidence in that one yeah no, it'll be a good year. It'll be a good, it'll year. Be a good year. It'll be a good year. Yeah. Trust the, it. The kid will grow. I'll write some things. I'll rap some things. Things will be good. The wife will be good. Cats will be yeah. healthy. Nothing but blessings and, and, and lentils out here for, for people who love it. That's right. It's a positive note to end on. Indeed. Peace out. <laughs>